Even if you're not a golf fan, you know of the the regalness of the, the Masters. But I want to know, Harry, do you think it's overkill? Thanks for being here, everybody. This is episode 60-something and month-whatever of 2020, and it's No Putts Given. I'm here with Harry, Chris, and Tony. Guys, I want to jump right into our topics today, the first one being a check on your mental health. How did each of your mental health weeks go? Chris? Great. Great. We got uh, 14 inches of snow on Sunday into Monday of last week and helped quell the fires. We've been having these uh, crazy, crazy fires, two largest wildfires in state history and so it uh um, really helped a bunch with that i didn't get to play as much golf as i wanted to but that was uh, a a huge benefit i got to spend a lot of time with my kids and just hanging out and, and basically not having a schedule every day which is that's very liberating to me so a lot of hot tub time a lot of ice cream do you feel refreshed i feel fat yeah <laughs> <laughs> Tony, how about you? How was your mental health week? Are you well, are you it, back and ready to work? Slowly ramping up, I guess. Uh, it so it rained here every day except for the one it snowed. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't get to play any golf. I so instead I just sat on my couch in front of the Xbox for literally eight hours a day. Uh, so that was fine. Mindless. So you reverted to full teenage boy. I, I really did. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> probably less parenting than my wife would have liked as well but like you need something to do amelia yeah get over here watch me play xbox <laughs> that's what you're doing today what were you playing so i i bought the new fifa game so i hadn't i hadn't, oh. bought, a, I hadn't bought a fifa in oh i i couldn't even tell you do you have 2008 eight? 2008 i don't keep them uh you might be able to play me yeah you were in 2008 fifa as what well, as I was told, yeah, I never actually played huh. it, but I was on the and I was definitely on Championship Manager under Yeovil Town. So, that was so you were like some kind of scrub player in the. Third oh yeah, I was. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I was like zero point zero zero, maybe overall two pace. overall forty seven, something of thing. like that, maybe less. I don't know. You know, with <laughs> enough with enough development time, though, yeah. you could have been. I was something. young, so. <laughs> but terrible on FIFA means pretty good in real life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. You said FIFA 2008? Yeah. I'm going to go check yeah, that, this that, out. That, I'm making a note. That is potentially. That has a le- legitimately the potential to be the last one I played. It was. It was. That's what I was told, at least from my club, whether that happened yeah, or been... not. I was on the fringe of becoming a first team player. So they said that you were on FIFA, but obviously I definitively don't know that. But I was on championship manager um i know that because i played myself which was weird well there there is something i did not know yeah there you go that he played himself no i i'm playing the 2021 version so i don't don't i'm not on that think no No, okay i won't look then well harry we now know you're on the 2008 fifa so we think but how was your mental health week somebody somebody out there has to have it yeah somebody's <laughs> gonna pull it out if you do please please tell us please let me know because i i have never played it and i want to know if i actually am on it or if they lied to me anyway harry how's your mental health it was good went to puerto rico and hang out on the beach with you so you had a great time yeah i'm fun <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like the the week off made you ready to come back to work refreshed? Yeah, I was revitalized. I 
I come back Monday. I was like, I'm actually ready to get back to work because I want to. I had some projects I wanted to get going, and it was kind of exciting to get back to them. All right. Well, good. So we're going to jump into our next topic of this week. As we know, later this week, the Masters kick off. But um, I want to check in and see what the three of you think about the Masters taking place in November this year. Chris, how do you think the Masters is going to be different in November versus April? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I don't actually think, you know, playing wise, score wise, uh, you know, in terms of the tournament itself, I don't think we're going to see a markedly different result than we would have seen. Um, you know, had it been played at its uh, its typical uh, typical time. Obviously, the weather might be a little bit different. Although I believe forecast is roughly similar temperatures, maybe a little bit more moisture. But we've had really wet masters before. Um, you know, most notably when Zach Johnson won, laying up on every par three, or uh, sorry, on every par five. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I lay up on the par threes. I don't know if anybody else does um but you know i i i think you know it's gonna be different just because of uh the time of the year and and there's certainly going to be things that maybe look or feel a little bit different but that's kind of this year too everything has kind of looked and felt a little bit different but as far as the results go and how the tournament unfolds i think it's probably going to be actually pretty similar Okay, well, that's good news for Masters fans. Harry, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be different taking place in November? Uh, potentially the weather, but that's about it. Um, the rough might be might be slightly different with with the thickness of the rough, but again, I've never been to the Masters, so I don't know how thick it was to begin with in the in the April when they used to do it. Well, when they did it last year, but the greens they can control. They can control how firm and fast they are or soft and slow they want to be. They, I believe they got heaters underneath the green so they can change it whenever they want. Um, so that will play a factor into... If it's windy, they might soften them up a little bit, make them so you don't put them into the green, uh, into the water or whatever it is. So I think it will be a place pretty similar. Um... I don't think results-wise are going to be that much different unless you have a very windy Masters week. Well, you do have a rumor about the course being somewhat different, right? Yeah, I just heard a couple of rumors here and there. The 13th, the rumor is that they've they've put a huge tree on the left side of the fairway. They don't know if that's officially true, but it's just a rumor. But there is a couple of players that people that have played it recently and have maybe confirmed that there is a tree there. So it still remains a very large mystery. <laughs> we'll find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> It'll either be there or it won't. I mean, yeah, it, right. yeah, it won't be a lot of mystery. tree or like, no tree. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. uh, Thank you for the Breaking rumor clarification. That <laughs> That's why I'm on the show, guys. Give you clarification. Uh, Tony, how about from the fan perspective? Do you think the Masters taking place in November is going to make a difference for the fans and the viewers? Well, I mean, you know, sort of not having fans, excuse me, patrons. Patrons. Uh, <laughs> there is, is going to, you know, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do, right? Augusta's certainly not opposed to pumping in artificial noises. So maybe maybe you'll you'll still hear those roars on Sunday. I don't know. Um, I think I think the interesting thing for me anyway is kind of guy who geeks out on this stuff and you know likes to put things in their their proper perspective. Uh, 
the TV ratings will be interesting seeing the Masters on Sunday go up against the NFL head to head for the first time. Oh, uh, I hadn't I, thought of that. Yeah, I, I expect that it's, you know, in terms of viewership, it's going to be absolutely trounced. And in that respect, it's going to be the least watched you know, Masters basically in history or in, in recent history in the sort of modern cable TV era, if you will. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, it's always interesting just for me, that kind of thing to, to keep perspective on how wildly unpopular golf is on TV by comparison. And that's, you know, not, not to crap on the, on the game that provides my livelihood, but that that's just <laughs> the reality. And so it does kind of you know provide evidence that there is room to grow the sport and grow the popularity of it. And, uh, you know, hopefully when those numbers come back and if they are what they I expect them to be, there'll be a, a, a huge focus put on, on making the game more interesting uh, as a, as a television viewing option. But is golf the one sport this year that doesn't have an asterisk by it? I mean, the NFL has been plagued by COVID. The MLB was plagued by COVID. The NBA was in a bubble. Is golf the one thing that's been able to maintain relative normalcy? Well, no. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> we, we missed a major, right? Yeah. So. So, and that, and we missed, I think we were supposed to have a Ryder Cup this year, right? Is that yeah. right? I believe, I believe so. I believe that was so, on the docket. Yeah, I said so, relative. <laughs> so, and, and, and so I look at it as, do we play Sawgrass this year? I mean, I, I no. literally can't remember. And but so, that was like the first, right? You had yeah. the players was going to be that week, week after. And, you know, you had that stuff. And it's like, you know, I think the thing with the NFL season and, and Major League Baseball, whatever, is, you know, you had shortened seasons, right? And so in order to get stuff done, NBA, the same way, and you had people existing in a bubble, right? They had to do what they had to do to get it done. Um, if you had played that same season, you know, for baseball over over a you know, a longer or the typical length of season would the Dodgers have still won? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I would say in, in defense of golf, you know, you know, the Masters is going to be four rounds, 18 holes around is going to be the same course. Yeah, there there won't be the fans. So it's going to be a different atmosphere. Um, and, you know, for some players, that's probably a benefit. For others, you know, probably not. Justin Thomas and, and Rory, I, I believe, have both been on, on record saying it's – it can be a little bit easier to get distracted, maybe a little bit tougher to, you know, keep the adrenaline flowing and really be kind of in that competitive mindset all the time without the fans. And so I think you've seen players like that struggle where there might be other players where that's so much of a distraction or so much of a change um, from what maybe they're used to playing that maybe that is a little bit easier for them. So, um, but it's going to be the same length, right? 18 holes, four rounds, 70, uh, 72 holes, lowest score wins. Um, you know, other sports can't necessarily make that same argument. So. Yeah, I think I think a major counts as as much in in 2020 and arguably more than it than it would in any other year. But you know, conversely, my my aggressive estimate is if you take kind of the the casual golf fan, you know, the guy who who bumps up viewership on the weekends, there's maybe and this is I think a high estimate, eight tournaments in any given year he he actually gives a shit about. And so, you know, I think this year that number has been trimmed to, to three or four. And so in that respect, there is an asterisk, right? Golf has been trimmed no differently than any other sport. Uh, but, you know, like I said, still counts. And it's it's certainly not a bad thing that the Masters is being played. Well, 
even without patrons, the Masters is still full of pomp and circumstance. Even if you're not a golf fan, you know of the the regalness of the, the Masters. But I want to know, Harry, do you think it's overkill? Never. I mean, Masters is one of the most sought-after golfing events, in my opinion. You're in a, like a, a, a wonderland when it comes to golf mecca. You, it is the greenness of greens, the... Perfect. Because they paint it. Well, yeah, they do paint it. Yeah, they do. It's artificial. Um, but that's what makes it so like magical in a way. It's like going to Lapland at Christmas. <laughs> and it's it is one of those ones that I would go. I would wait. Well, can we pause going to where? That's, Lapland. Uh, yeah, Lapland. Like Lap? the like the northern part of like the Scandinavian L- Peninsula. L A P land. Lapland. Yeah. I thought it was a strip club. I swear. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. I need all my English people to come and revolt right now and just say, yes, this is a thing. No, it's it's the North Pole. So you go up and see um, Father Christmas. Which I actually have. also kind of, if you think about it, sounds like a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Harry was lied to a lot as a child. <laughs> <laughs> when we have children, you are not allowed to say Lapland oh, instead of the North Pole. Nobody should take their kid to Lapland. They uh-uh. should. They should. Mm-mm. And I encourage it. Anyway, oh, boy. please continue. <laughs> I would say that Augusta, the Masters, are one of the ones where it is. It is the golf in heaven for everyone across the world when it comes to the golfing season. It is just pristine, perfect, and precise to a T. Yes, it's only uh, a small amount of players, so when it comes to a major, it's not open to everyone that could qualify for it, but... It still That's makes kind it... of like Augusta, not open to everyone or <laughs> yes. anyone for that yes. matter. <laughs> anyone. So it is exclusive to the best of the best. Chris, what do you think? Do you think the pomp and circumstance extends beyond just the condition of the course? I mean, you think of like the Kentucky Derby and you're supposed to drink your mint juleps and wear your hats. Is there some of that element mm-hmm. to the Masters? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, that's the that's the give and the take with it, right? Like the, the Masters really is, you know, a tradition unlike any other, right? And I'm wearing my Masters gear because it's, it, it's kind of fun and... and um, I think it, it's one of those things. It is unique. It is special. It's it's the leadoff hitter, right? Typically, mm-hmm. in a season, you've had this extended period of time, you know, from November, December, etc. When there used to be a real off season, and it's you know that first major. So it's kind of like this awakening, right, in the spring, and and that's kind of when the season you know really kicks off, and hope springs eternal, and it's kind of a uh, you know symbolic of all these things about golf, and um, it is very manicured. It is Disneyland manicured, right? You don't see a piece of trash on the ground hardly ever at Disneyland, right? Because people are always picking things up. They have rules and protocols to make it feel unlike any place else, even if that's not actually very realistic or doesn't really mirror reality in other places so you're always walking this line between you know manicured intentional very very special and perhaps a little bit contrived right where you're painting things to make sure that they look a certain color when the masters when they started uh you know mowing the fairways uh, a, a different direction people think well that was a distance thing not really it was for hd tv it was uh, really at the advent of hd tv and and when you mowed it that direction from based on where the camera angles were it made the uh made the fairways look more green uh and that's exactly why they did that so from pumping in bird music to these things where you know it, it is unlike anything else you get an invitation 
uh, to players talk about how special that is, that it really is different than any other tournament that they, you know, that they play. Um, it is so well taken care of, uh, from what I understand, never been there. Um, so it is unique and special and different, but there's also a lot of interesting rules. You know, people, you're not, you're, yeah, you're not a fan, you're a patron. Um, you can't refer to uh, it as rough or deeper rough. It's the first cut and the second cut. The, the famous story, right, with Gary McCord, um, you know, basically getting his lifetime banned for, re- you know, referring to the speed of the greens as being bikini waxed, uh, which was probably <laughs> an apt descriptor. Um, but the, uh, uh, you know, the the top brass at Augusta didn't like it and said, you know, you're you're basically never welcome back here. And so there's a fine line so between... So he's living in Lapland now. He, I, I hope so, Gary. If you hear this, I hope that's where he are. Um but, you know, so there's a really fine line between, you know, rules and and some of the freedoms that go with that. But also, you know, it's a fiefdom. You know, when you're in Augusta, it is the fiefdom. And, and, and you're subject to those rules. And some are awesome, I'm sure, and some are a little much. So, Tony, is it overkill? Chris danced around the is it overkill a little bit. Harry said, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's absurd. It's pretentious and it's elitist. How about that? Um, yeah, it, <laughs> it is overkill. Um, although having said that, to, to a degree, I am also torn. Like the Masters <laughs> is as close to to the Super Bowl as golf gets, even though like. We, we Hold on. No, golf, no. I've been to the Super Bowl. As and, golf and gets. As golf gets. <laughs> As golf gets, and this is... They don't have those kind of rules there. Well, but but in terms of, like, where it fits, what it means to the sport. Okay. Um, so, in, in that respect, it, it is important, but, you know, to hear it talk about as, as hollowed ground and things like that, look, nothing of any real, actual, meaningful significance has ever happened at Augusta National. Somebody won a sporting event, right? Like democracies were not decided. Wars were not fought. Nothing of consequence has ever happened. It's not the Acropolis, no? Nothing. Hmm. Nothing of consequence has ever happened at Augusta National. Nothing of, I don't want to say will ever happen because you never know, but (laughs) it is unlikely. At the end of the day, it's a golf course. That's it. It is a golf course. It is a very nice golf course. If you had the chance to play Um, Augusta, would you play it? Absolutely, but that's you know there are a lot of courses I would love to play, but none of them qualify as hollowed ground. Or, well, how about this? You know, well, don't tell to, 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 to compare people. it to right, you used the, you called it the mecca of golf. It's it's nothing. It is not a a sort of meaningful destination for anybody out of this tiny little microcosm of the universe. And and again, I like I said it's it's golf Super Bowl, but put put the Masters. Let's say the Super Bowl was being played this weekend alongside the Masters. I mean, you you kind of see the <laughs> on scale how little it actually matters. All right, but put it this way: if you had a chance, if you had a, a lot of people don't get to go to the Super Bowl. Can I pause you for a second, Harry? Up until a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been allowed to set foot on it. You mean as a female? Yeah, yeah as a female. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is kind of my my issue, and and this is why I'm torn with Augusta. I feel like it is in many ways represents everything that is great about golf right it's like this this beautiful scenery and this amazing architecture from a golf perspective and the views and and sort of 
Again, perfect conditions. That is, that is everything everybody could hope for from a golf course. And at the other side, it's, it represents everything that is absolutely wrong with golf, right? It is elitist. It is unattainable. It is, it is priced so far beyond what is affordable for the average golfer. You, you know, you, basically you require an invitation from a group of largely, what is comprised of largely older white men. And that, you know, Hey, that, that is just how it is, but and it's how it has always been at Augusta. But you know, whether you're okay with that or not, it still meets the definition of elitist. And and certainly when we talk about the need to grow the game and, and growing the game, let's concede right now, it is not Augusta National's responsibility to grow the game by any measure. But you know, if you're looking to hold something out as a as a carrot, is sort of like, hey, this is this is a reason why you should play golf. Like it is so far beyond the scope of anything that hits the list it's you know in that respect it's like why i think that's a really good point though it's it really is it's everything that that people would say you love and and probably both hate about the game and and it's all in one place right like you said it's this sheer like exemplar of beauty and what you want a course to look like right it's this dreamland at the same time it's unattainable for for the vast majority of of golfers they'll never step foot on the property certainly never play uh the course and and when people get frustrated about golf um be them you know uh you know it doesn't really matter right? i mean people that like I said aren't aren't maybe rich white males um they're not the dominant demographic and so it is by definition elitist and and is that okay i mean it, it is what it is um but you know it's hard to have that resonate with a lot of people where it's like oh mm, yes augusta mm, yes yeah and i think you know? look, it's reality it's, like... it's, it's i don't love it but it is also perfectly acceptable to have these clubs that that have varying membership requirements right like that is that is part what of society what if one of the membership requirements is male again you know it's it's not my rule to make and i and i accept that but to sort of also hold that up as again the 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 place that hosts the greatest event that the sport offers, that's where it gets a little dicey, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Private clubs can make their own rules, right? That they're inherently yeah, private, that's, right? That's you could, fair. That's fair. You could have, you know, private club, other sport, a private club could be hundred percent female and say, you know, males can only play Tuesdays after 2 PM, you know, if they wanted to well within their rights. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Does that send the message you want? All those things where, you know, that really isn't up for us to decide. You can you can have a club, you know, whatever you want. He-man, woman haters. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, now we're going to watch Masters anyway. Let's be real. Whether it's elitist, we're going to have it on and probably mm. switch with a little bit of NFL games, right? I will. I, I typically pick it up on like number 13 or 14 on a Sunday afternoon if I've got Tony, you don't watch do any and... golf. You hate golf. But you know, like I said, I'm for me watching golf. Like I said, the I've said this before. Like to to tune in at five six o'clock on a Sunday and present the tournament to my wife as something of just unquestionable importance to the sport and the universe as a means to totally get out of having to help make dinner or <laughs> as a, as a, as to eliminate the need to turn off the TV while eating dinner, whatever <laughs> it happens to be like, I will, I will celebrate golf, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not typically a guy who's, 
who's going to turn it on first thing in the, you know, as soon as the broadcast starts and watch it to the very end, especially on a weekend like this, where I'm hoping to maybe sneak out and actually play golf. I have, I've got to finish up my fall cleanup and my hot tub water needs to be changed. So I've got a lot going on. And, you know, <laughs> that, that is, I, that I feel for you there. Of all household chores that I've ever heard someone say, I got to change my hot tub water is I don't know that I've ever heard that one before. <laughs> Chris will tell you that it's one matters. True. I'm it's, sure it's vital. Oop. It's as important as changing, you know, air filters in your house, furnace filters, all that. Yeah, it's, it's right <laughs> it's up also there. Also on the list of things I really <laughs> should do. Same. I feel Just, you. If, if you are listening to watching this and have not bought a house, my advice to you would be to to not buy a house. It's really just it's not worth. It's a lot hassle. of work. Anywho, shall we play Love It or Leave It? Sure. Yeah. Okay, I've got only a couple today. Um, because we've been talking a lot of masters, but a couple of things here, um, newsworthy that I want to know if you love it or leave it. So Tony Callaway acquiring top golf. Do you love it? I'm I'm going to be the guy that hates everything in this broadcast. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave this and, uh, and the reason why I think like top golf has been an integral part of, of boosting Callaway, like the revenue that it's generated has, has helped that company immensely. But I remain skeptical of Top Golf as a long-term viable business. I think Why? I, I just I think it's one of those things that people enjoy for a little while and will just slowly get bored with, like you know, laser laser tag, for example, and until the next thing comes along, because there's no, you know, the idea of of Top Golf and why why it's compelling from a business standpoint is that it attracts got people who wouldn't normally go to a golf course and and has has them swing golf clubs but but ultimately they're those people by and large from what i can tell don't necessarily convert to golfers and you know covid's been a little bit different so we'll see um and and so i think they're sort of subject to the whimsy of golf's point is it to create golfers that go out to the course because i mean harry and i've been a couple of times recently and the lines are out of the door still yeah and and i could be wrong and i you know callaway certainly hopes i'm wrong and i have no issue (laughs) being wrong but i think it's one of those things that is is just subject to whimsy and the blowing winds and eventually something else that's cool and fun that also attracts non-golfers is going to pop up and and at that point you're going to start to see the numbers diminish that that's what i think is going to happen and again i'm i'm happy to be wrong chris love it or leave it callaway acquiring top golf you know i i love it from callaway's perspective and this is why um and i'm not doing it just to disagree with tony but i think that you know what we've seen in in the last i don't know call it year two years as, as callaway has acquired different businesses underneath their portfolio. Travis Matthew, Ogio, Jack Wolfskin. Got <laughs> got to remember Big Jack, um, which, okay. You know, what the, what they're attempting to do. I think Callaway would I, prefer you don't remember Big Jack. <laughs> yeah, prob- possibly, right? They, yeah. You know, <clears throat> what it looks like they're trying to do um, is really, right, trying almost equipment-proof uh, the business. And so um, – for Callaway's long-term viability as some type of a company and business and, and, and what they're looking to do, obviously they feel like this is a positive move for them. Um, Wu-Tang for golfer, Yeah, for golfers, I don't like the move because it, it, takes, it takes Callaway one more step removed from, I think, being a serious equipment-focused uh, golf company. Now it's a continuing to become a golf company of which – Golf equipment is one 
part, but um, you know, with each additional thing that they add to the portfolio, right, there's going to be uh, potentially less emphasis, less resources dedicated to certain uh, certain parts of it. And and again, as a as a publicly traded situation, you're constantly looking for ways to generate more revenue. Um, and if this allows them to do that from a company standpoint, great, that's really good for them. But from from a golfer standpoint, the last thing I want is looking at a company that that's looking to invest in things that aren't going to necessarily directly help them, uh, you know, make better golf equipment. And I don't see how investing in top golf um, allows them to do a better job on the golf equipment and golf ball side. So from that part, I don't love it. All right, Harry, what about you? Love it or leave it? Top golf being a part of Callaway. I love it. I think I think they see the trend of where golf is going and it's trendy and it's and it's new and it's exciting and it's going to survive in my opinion because they have alcohol. And alcohol yeah. is a big generator and if it's always somewhere there, to, I mean there's a there's a million places that have alcohol. Yeah, but not <laughs> but, I golf mean, ball. People go bowling. Not like they used to. And I th- actually I, I love that analogy. But here's the thing is you get to you get to drink and bring together your friends. Like you say, bowling, yes, I get it. But this is so much in my opinion, better than bowling because you have targets. You have more games to play. I know bowling has targets, blah blah blah. <laughs> but you you have Can you I, I hate to interrupt, but it just popped into my head. Is there is there drinking at Lapland? <laughs> Yes, absolutely yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, a little cocoa and schnapps. <laughs> cocoa. I'm sure. All right, no, that's good. Uh, I think, I think, I think they see a trend, and I think it's a positive trend. Whether I think they're going away from potentially being a serious uh, golf equipment manufacturer and more going towards, hey, let's focus on some of the soft goods a little bit more. Let's make money off soft goods because a lot more people are going to buy those more than you do equipment and i think they're always going to have equipment side but i think soft goods that travis matthews it's very trendy it's very young vibe top golf is a very young vibe it's a very that they are strategically putting their dominoes in place in my opinion so they can transition over and make a lot more money in the soft goods section and rather and, and not worry too much about the hard goods. Yes, it'll always be there, but it's always going to be the, the trending to the other side, my opinion. Well, there, there's it. one more piece of this too that's worth mentioning. So before COVID hit, there was plenty of chatter that a, a Top Golf IPO was in the offering. So, mm-hmm. you know, the plan was to for Top Golf to go public. Uh, Callaway, with its its large chunk of Top Golf, was in a position to see a large influx of cash from that. And to a degree, you know, there's been some chatter that they were kind of depending on it. And when it didn't go through, I, I think that's part of the reason why you saw, well, well, lots of companies furloughed workers. Most of the, all of them, in most cases, have come back. Whereas Callaway had a fairly significant number of layoffs and people that haven't been brought back. You know, potentially that's related. Maybe, maybe not, but. I see that. So it's in interesting the to see. Yeah. So this is this a a a better what Callaway sees as a better opportunity than that IPO would have been, or is this the fallback plan B? Like, all right, that didn't happen. Yep. Let's just let's just gobble it all up ourselves and see what we can make out of it. So I, I don't know that answer by any means, but you know, just something to think about. All right, I'm letting you guys get away with very lengthy explanations mm-hmm. and leave it or leave it today. But the next one. 
The return of Adam's Golf as something that you can buy. Harry, love it or leave it? I'll leave it purely because I don't know that much about Adam's Golf. Only a, only a little bit coming out of England, but I'm not, I don't know all the hype about it, so I don't really care. Not sold at Lapland. Not a Lapland. <laughs> not part of the Lapland experience. No. Tony, how about you? Love it or leave it? Adam's Golf making a comeback. Um guess i'm kind of indifferent here like this is this basically tailor made still owns adams they've farmed off the the adams website to end the whole business to like some third party kind of you know i don't want to say necessarily infomercial but that's basically kind of the the marketing level that you're dealing with here so it's i guess i i'd leave it in so much as it's it's not really the return of adams golf it's a yeah. just a monetization strategy around the brand that people have heard of that you know is almost certainly not going to create anything that remotely resembles a, a compelling product for the average my golf spy reader. Chris, are you leaving it too? I'm leaving it. I, I can't leave this more. Um, uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's like wheeling out the, you know, the old rock star from the seventies and, and for like one more last show, let's just see what we got. And everybody kind of looks at each other like, Ooh, this kind of feels <laughs> somewhere between, desperate and bizarre you know or like, it's like o- ozzy's fifth farewell tour kind of thing <laughs> yeah like like the fourth wasn't enough ozzy you know like it just feel you know it it, it certainly isn't the way that i want to remember adam's golf um you know and now this puts a more uh, potentially a more recent memory in people's heads of, of you know and, and like harry said you're not familiar with the the brand maybe like some of us have been throughout uh, where Adams got to a point where I would put it up, you know, it was arguably one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated company at that time uh, when it was acquired. Um, you know, they made phenomenal Fairway Woods, the XTD TI line was one of my favorites. The 9064 LS driver had some kind of that iconic style and, and kind of cultish following to it. And, and Adams had this really cool persona um, within that. And, and people that see this, you know, infomercial, you know, three easy payments of forty nine ninety nine and free shipping. And, oh, wait. If you buy two, we'll toss it. You know, it has that kind of kind of feel to it, and and I feel bad that people are going to associate that with. That's kind of the original Adams, though, right? Like that's that's kind of how Adams started. So it's all the way back to what it was. It but is in today's modern world, and and Adams having evolved significantly from that, where it started, going back to its roots, is is just not interesting. No, it's kind of. I mean. Yeah, here's a terrible analogy. You know, when you're a yes. little bit little baby, you know, you're born, you start in diapers, you get really old, you end up in diapers again, and it just ain't pretty. There it is. You yeah. know, <laughs> and and there's Adams in diapers again. Oh, Don't want to think rough. about it. Yeah, that's. A, I actually think that's a great metaphor. And on that, we're going to move on to our last love it or leave it. And guys, let's keep this one succinct okay. because I'm going to ask you the same question again next week. The Masters in November. Love it or leave it, Tony. Either way, I don't. I don't care when it Come is. Come on. Uh, uh, I'll love it. I guess. Okay, cool. Chris, how about you? The Fall Masters golf. in November. Love it or leave it. Leave it. Okay. Is there a leaf rule? Do we? Is there a leaf rule in play? Like yeah. That's... Leave it. Leave it. I don't like it. I. But it loses that. That hope springs eternal. Let's get going. It's April. Like this All is those yeah. vibes around. This is April. it. This is the end of the season. It's of a miserable season. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Leave it. I'm bad. Chris convinced me. I'm leaving it. <laughs> leaving all of it. 
I mean, this is limping into the end of the year that everybody wants to end. You know that? There you go. <laughs> Harry, love it or leave it. A Masters in November. Uh, leave it because when you think of Masters, you think of April and the start of the season. So I'm leaving it. Okay. I'm going to ask you the same thing next week and see if it's changed. See if you get anything out of November coverage. All right. So we played love it or leave it, but I'm um, going to double do it today. We're also going to have a hot seat. Ooh. So guys, are you ready? Shall we get a drum roll? It's time for the hot seat. So, Harry, who wins the Masters? Tiger Woods. Why not? Okay. Solid answer. Not really. Tony? (laughs) Tony, your turn in the hot seat. Who wins the Masters? Normally, I would say Bryson. Like, that's my go-to for everything. But, like, just as soon as you ask a question, like, instead of going to Bryson, I just flip to John Rahm. Mm. I like that one. Yeah. Yep. Chris, you ready for the hot seat? Sure. Uh, okay. Who wins the Masters? Justin Thomas. He finally okay. gets it done. All right. Mm. I like those. So, I wrote these down. We'll revisit this next week. So, we've got a Tiger Woods. John Rahm. Tony? John Rahm. Okay, Justin Thomas. JT. All right, guys. So in the meantime, if you need something to watch while you're waiting for the Masters, um, we talked a little, football is on, (laughs) but a couple of weeks ago, we also talked um, about whether or not golf needs a dress code, kind of playing on the same idea of is the Masters uh, protocol overkill. So take a look at that and we'll see you next time. We out. 